0: Well, hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music while we allow people to get settled and join us online as well, too. We have uh, music from Dr. E. Dewey Smith, Jr. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. So we're going to play that right now. And we appreciate you being here. Thank you for being here this morning. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Good morning to my lovely bride. Appreciate you being here today. Mr. Gaines and Delia, good morning. Thank you so much. We're here. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. I remember to pack my other pens when I get in too. It's okay. No problem. I've got I've got a couple of them. John chapter twelve, verses thirty seven through fifty. Thank you for being here. Dr. E. Dewey Smith Jr., thank you, Lord. There are times when things are going crazy around you, too, where you just still say thank you anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, anyway, for what's going on. You're still present. Nate Marnell, good morning. Appreciate you being here. We are family. Thank you, thank you so much. It's an interlude. Make sure you keep your Bibles and electronic devices handy because we're going to be flipping some pages a little bit today. Not too too much, but I want to look at some passages that are really going to drive some points home for today's lesson. Say thank you no matter what's going on. Hey, Brother Greg, good morning. Caroline, good morning too, if you're listening. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. So appreciate you being here. Thank you for being here and rec- recognizing the importance of being involved in Sunday school in some way, shape, or form. We need to keep standing on the Word of God, standing in its truth. Amen. appreciate you being here. Okay. In the interest of time, we're going to uh, move on because if we let that play, it'll keep playing for another couple of minutes. But uh, that was uh, Dr. E. Dewey Smith, Jr. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. It's a beautiful song. It's a very simple song. And it's a song that we should be able to say or, or we could speak the words thank you even when we're going through tough times. Um, and in no way, shape or form, uh, there, there's, this is not a dump at all. It's been a very, very busy week. We've had a lot going on and not everything has been bad news. There have been things that just had to get done, things we have to do. Um, but... Um, it really does make you stop and think and reflect upon God's goodness in the midst of all the turmoil. Um, We have a friend who uh, lost his son yesterday, lost her son yesterday. And um, he was um, sick much of his life due to having sickle cell um, anemia. And so all the problems that come with that and then, then the health issues that build up he wasn't supposed to live outside of his childhood, but he made it to age 40. Um, so in that way, you can say, well, you know, his quality of life may not have been the best, but he made it to 40. And you have to understand that we don't understand God's ways, but God has a way of getting a hold of us when he shows us that sometimes he can do things beyond what people expect. Um my uncle passed away, uh, also um, earlier this th- this past week, and we'll be go- we'll be attending a funeral on Thursday. And the great, the great news out of that is that he know he knew the Lord. I mean, he he we know with confidence that he has uh, he is with the Lord right now. He is uh, resting comfortably with him, and he is uh, not in, undergoing any pain or discomfort. And so, the message today, as I say all of that, the message today is going to be kind of a sobering message message, uh, in the book of John, and we'll we'll get to that uh, after we do some announcements because it's really important for us to recognize every day that goes by, we are a day closer to seeing Jesus, all of us, every day that goes by, we are one day closer to that time when we are going to be with the Lord. We're going to be with Jesus. And if we don't uh, recognize the importance of spreading the gospel and praying for people who don't know Jesus, and there's a bunch of folks out there who don't know the Lord. And let's even just throw in um, something that isn't all that controversial. There are people that don't know the Lord who are in the midst of our churches. And I'll explain why I say that in a moment. But let's do some announcements. First of all, um, we, uh, here at church, we're going to be, um, there's going to be a guest speaker to my knowledge today, uh, bringing the message. Um, I, I, I apologize, I don't have his name. So I, I know that we have a guest speaker coming. Um, and for those of you who are online, we will be available online live where you can watch our church service as well too. On this page, the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We appreciate the aspect of worship and giving, and we appreciate you praying for that as well, too, as you always should. If you are mailing your tithes and offerings, we uh, the address to do so is Akron Alliance Fellowship 688. 688- Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. This afternoon at 5 o'clock, we will have the men's and women's cell groups. uh, 5.30, excuse me, thank you, 5.30, make sure we mention that. Uh, That's going to conclude the rest of this year. There was a bit of an overlap, so that's going to take place also this afternoon. That will not be an online event, that's going to strictly be in the church. So, men and ladies, keep that in mind. Cell groups this evening at 5.30. And that does it for the announcements today. The book of John is one of those books that just kind of lays it out there for us to take into account the truth of God's Word. And what I've found is is that there's a real challenge out there for all of us who are involved in ministry, all of us who are involved with speaking God's truth in His Word, whether you're sharing it in a discipleship manner or whether you're preaching from the pulpit. You've got a challenge. We have a challenge that a lot of our audience members, the people who sit and listen, are spiritually dead. I say that because there are people out there that have been basically implored to get into God's Word and for whatever reason, you know, they can't, they don't do it. You sit and ask somebody a question, what are the first five books of the Bible? Or what are the first five books of the New Testament? Do you think they could give you the answer? First five books of the Bible in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus... Numbers, Deuteronomy. What are the first five books of the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. book of Acts. If you ask somebody that question, they can't answer that question or they'll they'll hedge or fumble. That's a real concern. And we have a lot of people who have willfully decided not to get into God's Word. They know the importance of doing it, but they won't do it. Maybe because they think it's too much work. We have people who are spiritually lazy. What, where have we been taught that we can just take everything easy and just go through life and not get into God's Word the way we should? Who's taught us that? Has Satan taught us that? You don't need it? You don't need to get into it? Our study today is in the book of John, chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. We're going to start reading the passages in a moment. I want you to think about this one point that I'm going to mention, and I'll probably mention it more than once. God knows the heart of every person. And because God knows the heart of every person, He knows who is going to acknowledge who He is. And He knows who's not. And we're going to see this in John's words and express these things. And we're going to refer back to even Old Testament Scripture to affirm this based upon prophecy. But I pray that you take this time as I'm trying to do right now, to make sure that we, everyone within the sound of my voice, those here in this room, those online, we have to take this matter very seriously. Because we don't have a lot of time. And I'm not even so much talking about us as far as our lives are concerned. You know, those of us who are in our 50s, 60s, and 70s, we can readily say, yeah, we don't have a lot of time. We've got whatever time God gives us. But when I say we don't have a lot of time, I'm talking about all of us. You know, Jesus is coming very soon. And you can make an argument that all of the activities that we see in the world today where there's this utter confusion and there's this lack of interest in really looking at God's Word or even taking God's Word and calling yourself a Christian but bending into it your lifestyle or your way of reasoning and thinking and, and, and saying that's sufficient when you're actually not living anything like what God would have you to do. It's a serious time. We live in a serious time. And there are people who don't take this very seriously. And that's evident because you can just look at how many people we got in churches. There's fewer and fewer folks in church. Let's pray. Let's look to the Lord and ask for Him to provide wisdom as we go here. Father, we are thankful for this time that you have set aside for us now to look at your word. And not just look at it, but hear you speak directly to us. Lord, speak to us as a group. Speak to us individually as to how we should pray and who we should pray for when it comes to recognizing the importance of who you are, Lord, and studying your word. And Lord, we know that we have a great opponent not greater than you, but nonetheless a very great opponent, Satan, who does not want any of this to take place. Lord, may we continue to look to you for your strength and your encouragement as we move forward. And we pray in those moments when Satan is present that we tell him to get behind us And that he indeed is not more powerful than what God's word is. May we always be ready to approach or answer Satan with the word of God. I thank you for the challenge that you showed us, Lord, in Matthew chapter 4 on how to resist what Satan does. But Lord, now may we go beyond that and teach those who just are ignorant of your word. Or just want to ignore your word. Lord, we pray for your strength. We pray for you to intervene in the lives of those individuals. We thank you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone, please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 12. Let's look at verses 37 through 50. We're going to look at these passages, and we're going to read through, of course, as we normally do. This is the New Living Translation I'll be reading from. We're going to read through, but we're going to also look at some other passages as well, too, because we need to see how important this particular section is in Scripture. Especially when we're looking at who our opposition is and what we are up against. Because in this particular passage, we're going to see how most of the people do not believe. And we still know that Jesus indeed came to fulfill the mission of saving those individuals who acknowledge him. Start with verse 37, John chapter 12. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message to whom has the Lord revealed His powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe. Look, look at this very carefully. But the people couldn't believe. For as Isaiah also said, The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to Me and have Me heal them. Verse 41, Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. And we'll talk about that too. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Verse 44, Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Verse 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. Verse 48, But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Okay. That's John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. And it's interesting how John makes it a point in communicating to us at this really crucial time, because there's a time when obviously Jesus is going to go to the cross. And this is just kind of a bit of an interlude before we get to that point. But he's making it a point to tell us, and he's referring to Scripture in doing so, that there are people who will hear the message of God, hear the message about Jesus, and say, no, I don't necessarily need to follow that. And then God says, okay, you've made your choice. And... It's really, really, when you read this and look at this over and over again, it's like, Lord, why would you harden their hearts? Why would you blind them? Why would they not understand or want to understand? It's because Jesus knows the heart of every single person. And he knows the hearts of those who reject him immediately. And so, He will allow you to go your own way. Even though the truth has been put right in front of you. And live in that matter of remaining in unbelief. Now, I want to point out something. I want, I'm going to go back up to the top. Let's go back to the top of John chapter 12. We're going to read down back to verse 40. And forty one. And and I want you to look at this very carefully. Um, John twelve verse thirty seven. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. Now now look at this though. This is what you need to see here. Jesus had done, I would say, much more and more than enough to tell people who he was. Based upon what the physical healings the signs, the miracles, that is something that's really, really hard for us to fathom because we don't see that today, but they had Jesus right in front of them. And He was doing these things before their very eyes. Including the most recent miracle of bringing Lazarus from the tomb after being dead for four days. And everybody getting together in town and coming from the outskirts of town as well too, to come and see what was taking place. But what does he say in verse 37? What does John say? Despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. That's a choice. Verse 38, this is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe, for as Isaiah also said, The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Verse 41, Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Now, Isaiah, when he made this prediction, Isaiah would have been could have just as much been like you and me. I don't know anything about what's going on in the future, but I know there's this man, this person coming that's going to be everything that he's writing about. So it's not whether or not he needed to know exactly who he was. The fact is he said it. He told it. He spoke of it. Now where does this passage come from? Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And I want you to understand something about how important this passage is. This passage is important because he is speaking specifically. Start with verse 9 and we're going to go to verse 10 as well too. Isaiah 6, verse 9 and 10. And remember, this is early on as Isaiah was being called to service with the Lord. So this is early on that this is being spoken about. Verse 9, Isaiah chapter 6. This is also the New Living Translation. And he said, Yes, go and say to this people, Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Then verse 10 Harden the hearts of these people plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way, they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts and turn to me for healing. You know why all this is taking place? Because they don't want to. The people don't want it. So therefore, because they don't want it, all of these things are being said. Now, how important is this passage? In addition to it being mentioned here in the book of John, it's mentioned in every other gospel and it's also referenced in the book of Acts. The same rhetoric is being mentioned. Go to Matthew 13. Now we're just going to mention it in Matthew, but it's also in Mark and Luke as well too. And then we're going to go to the book of Acts as well. But Matthew 13, verses... Let's start with verse 13. Nope, go back. Verse 12. My apologies. Only because we want to get the context of this too because there are people who understand what's going on. Matthew 13, verse 12. Matthew 13, verse 12. We're going to go through to verse 15. That's for the benefit of my... My bride here, who's keeping notes online for us. Verse 12: To those who listen to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Now, what in the world does that mean? Taken away? Because what it means is, is that it's one thing for you to have head knowledge. But we're talking about heart knowledge. Verse 13. This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Verse 15, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And I'm going to throw in verse 16 only because it it does kind of Finalize this very nicely. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. But what is really driving that hearing and seeing? The heart. Your heart. You believe that Jesus is Lord. So, what does this mean for those who are unbelievers? Well, there's nothing good that comes out of this based upon this particular message for an unbeliever. But we have to come to a conclusion after a while. Just like when we talk about people who make bad decisions in life. These are all choices. They're all choices. We have a lot of people who want to live out of order today. When it comes to relationships and people, and why is it that in the black community, over 70, almost 80% of our kids are born out of wedlock? Well, that's a choice. That's a choice that people make. And Rather than taking responsibility for those choices, it's like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do the next thing. Well, there's a reason why God gives us an order on how things should be done. Because when you live in disarray, guess what? Your life will remain in disarray for the foreseeable future until you figure out how to make the right choices. When it comes to believing in Jesus, you've got to choose to live in such a manner where you're walking in faith in Jesus Christ. we got to get people to that place first. But we can't do that. I say we. The only thing we can do is pray for those individuals. This passage is referred to again in Mark chapter 4, verse 12. It's also in Luke chapter 8, verse 10. Now go to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter twenty eight. Let's start with verse twenty three. We're going to go through down to verse twenty eight. Acts chapter twenty eight, verse twenty three. So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained, listen very carefully, he explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things he said, but others did not believe. Verse 25, And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, Go and say this to this people. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. They cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Verse 28. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it. So who is he referring to? He's referring to the Jews who were being taught, given instruction on what to believe and how to believe it. But just like today, the vast majority of people that we are around are all Gentiles. Amen. Uh, we are. Um, we know that the Jewish nation, the, the people who are Jews today, they still don't think that Jesus has come as the Messiah. They don't believe that. The ones who are Firmly entrenched in looking at the Mosaic Law and the Mosaic Law all the way through, they don't believe that Jesus came. The Messiah, in the form of a Messiah. Well, God says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And so that applies to all of us. If you don't have faith, guess what? You're just as blind can't see a thing. You aren't hearing anything. You don't want to hear anything. And that's exactly what we have to look at here, how important this passage is. So, even though Jesus had performed so many miracles, most people, notice it says most of the people, Most of the people, if you want to use a general term, is greater than 50%. It's more than half. Look at our church attendance today. How many people do you think, of all the people who have heard the gospel, how many people do you think have believed it? It's surprisingly low, isn't it? But maybe I should take that word surprisingly and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe it's not so surprising because God's Word says that most of the people still don't believe. We still have people working to translate Bibles to make sure that the majority of people with different languages can hear the truth about Jesus Christ and people working very hard to do so. But has it ever been easier for people in foreign languages to pick up God's word. I don't it's never been easier. We've got a bunch of paper Bibles out there. It's interesting. You go to go to the bookstore, like half price books. And they always have Bibles out there that are on sale. The good news is that there aren't that many available that you can pick up. Which means that someone's getting Bibles. And someone's taking them and using them. The bad news is, there aren't that many Bibles to pick up. (laughs) Depends on what bookstore you go to. Bibles are still the number one selling book. I don't care what anybody says. It's not J.K. Rowling's books. Bibles are still number one. But even if you pick up a Bible in the store, are you reading it? Or is it just... Dressing on a shelf somewhere. Many won't believe despite everything that God does. Many won't believe by just walking outside and looking at nature itself. They won't believe that that's anything to do with God. So how important is, for, uh, is it for us when Jesus says to go into all the world and preach the gospel? Go into all the world and share the gospel. And not just live it out in your actions, but share the gospel. Share the good news. Speak about the need of Jesus Christ. Speak about what Jesus did. Speak about what He accomplished for us. And... How important is that? Let's go back to a place that we should be very familiar. John 3:16. John 3:16, we're going to look at verses 17 and verses all the way through to You know, we always read John 3:16. We're going to take it further. Let's go further down in the passage. Let's take it to verse 21. John 3:16 verse verse 21. And the reason why we're doing this is because even as this truth is relayed to us. And I personally like John 3.17 as well too because of the fact that Jesus did not come here to condemn us. He came to save us. John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. This is the New Living Translation. Just follow along in your version. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Save the world. Jesus' mission was to come and save the world because without him we don't have salvation we don't have eternal life without what he did on the cross for us death burial resurrection we don't have anything death and burial is one thing resurrection makes it complete now look at verse 18 everybody because we usually stop at verse 17 There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged. For not believing in God's one and only Son, the moment you decide you don't want to follow Jesus Christ, you're judged right then and there. You're guilty. God knows the heart of every single person. You're immediately guilty. Already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Now, this is John 3.18. A lot of folks stop at 16 and 17, need to keep going. And look at this for what it says, because it's an instantaneous thing. Once you say, I don't believe, you're in trouble. Verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. Not fiction. Fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Look at the world we're living in today. Folks playing Christian. Folks saying, I'm Christian, but... I would rather worship a God who's more tolerant. Tolerant of what? Tolerant of sin? Well, that ain't going to work. Tolerant of alternate lifestyles? That's not going to fly. And I say this because I've heard this, everybody. I'm just repeating what I've heard people say. Playing like they're Christian, calling themselves Christians, but obviously not into God's Word or choosing not to believe what God's Word says and taking it and using it and molding it and shaping it like Play-Doh for their own purposes. Verse 20, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for their sins will be exposed. Folks that do what they want to do, the last thing they want to do is call it sin. But they do it anyway. They don't want to call it sin. But that's what it is. Verse 21. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing. That they are doing what God wants. Look at that verse again. I want to read it again. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. So others can see. We... As we remain obedient in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are an example to others. Every now and then, it's okay for you to be the moral conscience, the moral compass, the moral compass in your family. I had a message about that years ago about being a moral compass. And sometimes folks look at you and they go, oh, because they know they're looking at a person or someone who's living the way they should be living and they know they're not living right. But people need to see in verse 21 what's right and how to live right. Your job is to continue as a faithful witness, be a witness for Jesus. You're responsible to reach out to others, but they are responsible for what? Their own decisions. Their own decisions. The worst thing in the world is if you live a screwed up life and blame everybody else for your problems. Well, it wasn't my fault. It was so-and-so's fault. Well, it wasn't my fault. This wasn't happening the way it was supposed to. When are you going to take responsibility for your own bad decisions and live in such a manner where now you have an authority, not yourself, but Jesus Christ. And guess what? If you want to go and and obey Christ, you're going to have to give up something, including your own dumb decisions, and try to do what's right. And focus on doing what's right. And focus on living according to God's Word. Now that's another subject. We don't have enough time to get into all that. And I, I'm tempted to take this message lesson today and make it a part two next week because there's so much here. And that's probably what we're going to do. Because we read through the passage, but we want to go back over this. You need to understand that people in Jesus' time like we were reading about here in this first section. They wouldn't believe despite the evidence, evidence, evidence. In our courts, people are convicted based upon evidence. Whether they're telling the truth or whether they're lying. In some types of court situations, it's the preponderance of the evidence. And a judge or a jury, excuse me, can say someone is guilty or innocent if they believe, the scales are tipped in the favor of saying this person was wrong. doesn't have to be 100%. But the evidence has to present that as a fact. So as a result, God hardened the hearts of those who chose not to believe. Does that mean that God is intentionally hardening people? No. It's just confirming the choice they made. It's a confirmation of the choice. Now, as I say this and as I read this, I understand something. After a lifetime of resisting God, they have become so set in their ways they wouldn't even try to understand Jesus' message. We got folks out here today living just like that. Folks you might know who are living just like that. And I mean know as in within the circle of our church, influence, whatever. Your families. God just confirms and helps you to see that. Now, because of that, it can be virtually impossible for that person to come to God because if you've made a choice to reject Him, guess what? You're going the way you want to go. But we always have to throw in there with God, all things are possible. Even the person who is rejected. Jesus for much of that person's life. This is why prayer is important. And I say this only because when we were with uh, my lovely bride's dad as he was slowly dying and going through hospice, getting ready to go into hospice, He said some words that I had never heard him say before and neither had my lovely bride. And essentially the words were, I haven't lived, I haven't been the good person I should have been. I haven't been very good. I never heard him say that. And he said not once but twice. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the moment of truth the moment of truth. If you've you've been with someone and you've never heard them acknowledge something like that and you hear something like that, that tells us prayer, even a lifetime of prayer, it means something. Because that's when my lovely bride's father acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord. Literally within a week and a half before he died. He was 96, 96 years old. A lifetime. Sometimes it takes a lifetime of prayer. And we need to acknowledge the, how important prayer is in our lives and making sure that we're praying for people that we know who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we're going to do, we're going to stop here. And we're going to pick up with this next week and continue this discussion. And what I'd like for you to do is continue to pray and focus on those people in your life who, for all intents and purposes, based upon God's Word, are hardened. Hardened. They're hardened because of what God has said He would do. He knows the hearts of every person, and a person, if they make a choice to not acknowledge Jesus, He's going to harden them. And we need to understand, and we'll pick up with this next week too. There's other instances of hardened hearts we'll look at as well, so we'll take some time to do that. So we appreciate you being here. We're going to go ahead and close out in prayer just for the sake of time, and we'll pick up with this study also next week. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful. Lord, that you are speaking to us and giving us the truth we need to hear. We need to hear about the importance of how we, one of the few believers out there, the responsibility we have to continue to proclaim and preach the gospel and speak the gospel and teach the gospel and be prayerful for others who we know through our communication do not know you. Because, Lord, we know that you respond and listen to prayers. And, Lord, we know that it's your desire to see people get saved, too. You don't just take your hands off of them. But, Lord, may we pray in earnest for those we know who don't know you to soften their hearts, to open their eyes, open their ears, increase their ability to reason and understand your message of the truth. And Lord, we thank you and just give you praise. We have seen you answer prayers that you indeed stand by your word that you desire for every person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, even those who have been without you for their entire lives. We thank you for what you're doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. May you continue to bless us and keep us. And we thank you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Everyone, thank you so much for this attending this edition of Livestream Sunday School. We appreciate you being here. God bless you all and take care of yourselves. We know what to do. We know where we need to be. We need to be in prayer. God bless you all. Take care and we will see you next time.